Who are you people? Sean. Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. Chalk hits again? What's going on, man? Harris English wins the Travelers in some solid playoff fashion over Kramer Hickok. So close for that first win, but now the PGA train rolls into Detroit. Yes, that Detroit, home of the Red Wings and feral cats that can eat full-grown men. The same Detroit that's home to Verner's Ginger Ale. I love it. Love Verner's. Good stuff. Seriously, some great stuff. The same Detroit that laid the first mile of concrete in the U.S. But let's face it. is here to give you the best damn analysis of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We're going to make sure that you're going to come home in the green on Sunday. But before that, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, hello UK, what's up Ireland, welcome back Germany, Spain, Austria, New Zealand, Portugal. The list goes on and on as the cut line continues to grow worldwide. Are you new to the show? French, but you're an asshole. Welcome, new listeners. Welcome, old listeners. I'm Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S. Excited to break down the Rocket Mor- Rock Mortgage Classic. We were grinding away at this thing called DFS, grinding away that bankroll last weekend. But needless to say, I'm excited to break this tournament down. We are going to go straight into our good and the bad and the ugly of last weekend's Travelers. The good, most definitely that playoff. Loved it. Eight holes, solid, consistent golf. I hated seeing them go back and forth on the golf carts. Why can't they just start at hole in one, right? And just go through the whole course again. Whatever the case may be, they want to please the fans, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. But the good was the playoff. It was fun to watch. I was hoping Kramer Hickok would win. 
But Harris Englishman was the chalk of last weekend. One, good for him, good for those of it that had him in his lineups. The bad. Now, this isn't a knock on Abraham Answer, but the fact that he made that 10-footer on 18 for birdie to make the cut on the number and then finish top five is the bad. And here's why. I was fading that guy, man. I bet him each way. Nailed that one. Not for much, but so what? Got some money back last weekend. The point being, so many lineups last weekend in DFS were saved by that answer made cut. Boosted that 6-6 six to six number way up too high to make it any kind of a dent for anyone who didn't have them in their 6-6. Six six. And long story short, that was the bad. But the ugly, the chalk hits again for DFS purposes. Hate it when the chalk hits. It's been pretty often lately. Maybe we're just all too good at our jobs touting these plays. But regardless what the facts are, the chalk hits again. Don't count on it every week. Now, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We're going to do the best we can. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. Now, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure not only is your tournament lineup at the green, but so is your bankroll. Cutline is here to give you the best plays, smashing plays, cashing plays, with six of six golfers through the Cutline. But if you need leverage, I know I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports at FanshareSports.com. Even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. Why? Because I'm the guy who does the ownership of Fanshare Sports. Pretty high RSQ last week. The best in the industry. So if you're not subscribed, very easy fix. Go to CanShareSports.com. Fill in all your information in the discount option. Write the word cut line, and you'll receive 25% off your monthly membership. Leverage is not, uh, ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. Now this week, the PGA Tour tackles the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You want correlating data. You want detailed analysis of the PGA stats and the Detroit Golf Club. Well, guess what? There's only two years of stats. Hopefully not many more, but so what? We're still stuck here. We're stuck in Detroit in this very easy course. But let's break it down. It's not a challenging course, as every average that we see on PGA Tour is crushed, specifically in these past two years. The most alarming stat would be that greens and regulation are almost 10 percentage points higher than what would be normal on PGA Tour. Can someone say hot putter? I think so. So this course is very easy. There's just little trouble to be found here. And outside the double bogey, the random double, double bogey, that rate, the double bogey or worse rate, is quite honestly the easiest on the PGA Tour. The winner score is going to be 20 under. And if you're not close to that number, you're going to have to, you're just not going to have a shot at winning this tournament. This is Donald Rod's design, and they are known for the complex d- Greens, complex, playable, challenging. Courses that are filled with subtle designs that formulate strategy and execution, but somehow this course missed the mark of any of those challenges. In truth, this course is a reputation of golf design from a bygone era of the sport. The challenges faced when this club first opened up this specific course in 1916, remember the club was opened in 19 or 1899, 
are really no longer a tour of pros concern as modern coaching equipment and analysis has made this place obsolete. Detroit Golf Club is aware of this and in an attempt to combat its shortcomings, they made it longer. It's not working. Again, Donald Ross Designs, Polo Greens, about 5,150 square feet of green size, which is usually smaller than average. One thing this course does do is ranch up that stint meter, so we will see some faster putts, faster greens, but again, not too hard, very running, very true. 7,372 yards, a par 72, one was one water hazard, and 85 bunkers. Looking at the weather forecast up ahead, the wind picks up in the afternoon of Thursday, specifically Thursday evening, and then Friday is just blustery. The morning slate on Friday does have the better draw, but still, when those winds kick up to those high 20s in the afternoon, I don't know if there's necessarily a tee time advantage, but it's something to look forward to as this week progresses. I still think the winner's going to come into that minus 20 range. It's just a very, very simple course. Last two winners, Nate Lashley in 2019, Bryson DeChambeau in 2020. We are aware in 2020, this was when Bryson broke golf. He was the first first win in 18 months. He beefed up, and he was first in starts getting off the tee, first in putting, first in longest drive, yada, yada, yada. It's beefed up Bryson. It was shocking when it happened, but here we are. Nate Lashley did it a little bit differently. He went bogey, bogey, one wire to wire, and his story was the heartbreaking one. When we all learned of Lashley's loss when he was younger in college in the 15 years he endured and the loss of his parents and his girlfriend in a fatal plane crash. So pretty amazing story in 2019. Uh, looking at key stats this weekend, ball striking, strokes gain approach, tee to green, strokes gain total, that includes putting. Greens and regulation gained, opportunities gained, we need that scoring. Similar courses, TPC Twin Cities, TPC Craig Ranch. Yes, that Craig Ranch. TPC Deer Run, Sea Island, and Port Royal. This is the Rocket Mortgage Classic, but the question is, who are we going to be playing this weekend? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment where we will look at the top tier 11K range all the way down through the 7K range to see who are the best plays, top plays for this weekend's tournament. And we are going to dive right into it and start with this top tier. So excellent plays. DeChambeau, former winner here. We know the abilities of Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, Hideki Matsuyama, and Will Zalatoris. Right now, Willie Z is someone that everyone loves to own. Patrick Reed. Everyone loves to own him this weekend. We're looking at high ownership for all these guys up in this top tier. So rather than breaking down like the models, looking at the dance floor, all these guys are in the top 10. The lowest being Patrick Reed in, in number eight. All these guys are in the top 25 of my overall stat model. In my scoring model, all of them are in my top 15. My approach model. With the exception of Patrick Reed, top 30. So in 2021, weighted PGA stats, all in the top 25. You look at course history, and the only one who doesn't have course history is here is Will Zalatoris. Between all of them, five made cuts out of six tournaments. Patrick Reed missed the cut last year in 2020. So how do you differentiate between these groups? 
right? And the way I did it is I'm looking more on recent form. I'm looking at the players that are struggling in terms of like their recent performances and tiers. And the thing I noticed is that Webb Simpson has not been playing well. Will Zalatoris has not been playing well. Now, I know overall I love them. I love Webb Simpson as an option. I love Zalatoris as an option, but it makes me give pause. I'm hesitant to play these guys. Now, if next weekend were the, the Open Championship, it's it's TPC Deer Run, I would be concerned because, right, who wants to play this tournament right before they're preparing for the Open Championship? But the point being is that they have two weeks till then. Kind of a pre-warm-up to their major routine, and we know that all these guys are interested in winning a major championship. Decky just won the Masters. Bryson obviously coming off the U.S. Open, defending champion from last year. Finished, uh, you know, had that abysmal fourth round this year. Patrick Reed, two Masters jackets. My, uh, you know, Webb Simpson's won before. Zalatoris, the, the new man on tour, looking to establish himself. But here's the thing. You look specifically at Webb Simpson. You look at Zalatoris in the last eight rounds. They're not playing as well as the other three. Decky's been playing out of his mind the last 12 rounds that he's played. DeChambeau. And, and remember, this is to the field in comparison to the field. This is not necessarily to like overall golf, but at the U.S. Open, Decky was 26th. Made the cut at Memorial at 67, where he struggled putting mightily. So I'm not going to hold that against him because, you know, we're not taking putting into consideration. Of course, at the PGA Championship, putting was a problem again, but finished 23rd. So, you know, you take away the putter from Decky, and he looks amazing. You, you look at Webb Simpson now, and it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of interesting the way we're going to go. So... A lot of guys are going to go with that bomb and gouge kind of feel, but he missed the cut at the U.S. Open. He looked brutal. He looked brutal at the PGA Championship off the tee, losing almost three strokes. Now, did well at the RBC Heritage. The problem is that this course isn't like the RBC Heritage. This isn't tight fairways. This is going to be wide open golf. You can miss fairways. You can hit it miles and miles and miles, be close to the green, and you're fine. And that's the thing here. There is just no rough to, be, to speak of. Now, if he's dialed in on approach, Webb's going to be just fine. He's going to be totally fine and, and just like the rest of the golfers. And, and you could count on that ability. But continuing on now to Zell Torres, another guy who I'm not too interested in. He, he lost strokes putting. He's not the greatest putter. We know that. We're well aware of that on tour. But lost almost six strokes at the Schwab on approach. And then at the U.S. Open, didn't even gain a stroke on approach and lost strokes around the green. Struggled there. So we're seeing some maybe problems for Zell Torres to swing right now. He's trying to probably fight through them. And it's it's not unheard of for a young golfer to kind of get through through some of these issues. So um, other than that, you know, you know what you're gonna get out of Shambo here. He's gonna bomb it as far as he can. Hopefully the approach game is good and, and pull out those wedges and make some putts, get some birdies. Reed, same thing. Doesn't need a huge long ass driver to, to hit here. Just hits fairways, hits his approach shot, and boom, he's putting for for birdies, putting for eagles. And we all know the talents of Matsuyama. So It'll be interesting to see how you guys are going to shake this out and force ownership, dictate what's going to be played this week. Simply said, though, looking at this top tier, looking at it overall, if I was to look at the overall rank of these guys, DeChambeau comes in at number one. There's no question about that. I think that I would tie Webb with uh, 9K Neiman uh, for number two. In the power rankings, number four goes to... Patrick Reed, but then again, we don't see Zalatoris and Matsuyama until we get to number nine, where they both tie for number nine. So 
it'll be interesting to see how this top tier shakes out. If it, if any one particular golfer ends up garnering the, the main majority of the ownership right now, initial says Patrick Reed is going to be popular. We'll see. It's very rarely that Patrick Reed is the chalk donkey, but, but if he is, uh, I'll be surprised. So, all right, let's go down to that 9K range, and we got all we have Neiman, Kokrak, Sung JM, Bubba Watson, Matthew Wolf, and Keegan Bradley. Again, we're gonna start with the guy I don't like. I don't love Matthew Wolf in this spot. And it's more of the mental game and mental side of things, is where I have hesitation to play Matthew Wolf. Now I get it. He he missed cut in 2019. We got second here. In 2020, right, looked so good at the U.S. Open. He did. And, and, like, for a guy coming back from all that, like, looked really good at the U.S. Open. Sixth off the tee, you know, almost a stroke in an approach. Was terrible around the greens, which is kind of his typical self. But then, you know, last week was brutal at the Travelers. This is an easy course. And Matt Wolf's still going through things. We need to remember that. Is he going to be low owned? I'm not sure. I think right now he's going to be double digit owned. And if that's the case, that that's an immediate fade for me. And, and, and of course it's in the can't do it range if he is double digit owned. So we'll see if I end up with any shares, you know, come like lineup build, but I, Matt Wolf is not my favorite, especially at, at double digit owned. Now, Neiman Kokrak and M are guys I really like, and especially Keegan Bradley. I think Keegan Bradley is kind of gonna be a steal this week we'll see how ownership shakes out but again if it's in the low like 12 percent 11 percent i think keegan bradley's a solid play recently though like lineup building's been pretty sharp people are going back to the chalk that misses and not to say that keegan was huge chalk last week but he was big enough to where i thought these last two missed cuts, you know, the Memorial and June 6th, the missed cut at the Travelers, where it would actually force people to second guess playing him. But maybe back to back missed cuts here, people really evaluate that recent form and say they want no piece of Keegan Bradley. And I don't blame him. I honestly don't blame him. He's been bad. He's losing strokes all over the place. But this is where I feel like you need to hop back on. Bradley can dominate any course he plays. Potential first-round leader all the time. When you look at the last two weeks, yeah, he was terrible at the Memorial. I mean, from tee to green, especially around the green. Um, but he's never been really solid necessarily. It's all been fluctuating between like great around the green or awful around the green. And I don't think he's going to be have to matching that too much this week because there's no rough, right? There's no rough to speak of. So if he's off the fairway, off the green on on par threes. He'll be fine. He'll be managing it just fine. Of course, we always question Keegan's putter, but I, I do like Keegan Bradley here this week. Neiman is going to be popular. He's going to get damn near 20% ownership. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to be pretty significant. And, and for good reason, right? You look at his course history here, he, he's third in my projection model for this course specifically. He finished in fifth in 2019 didn't didn't participate here beforehand and is coming off a pretty good solid travelers where he finished 36 the solid 31st at the US Open now is he is he tearing up these courses no he's not kind of give him a pass at the US Open that was a tougher one at Torrey Pine South but you kind of question what happened last weekend 
where he didn't dominate the course. Things I like about him, though, here in 2021, he's fifth in the field at off the tee. He's seventh in strokes gained tee to green. He's sixth in driving distance, so he can just bomb it and try to use a wedge to get up there. But he's second in scoring. Second in scoring. Dominates the par fives. He's sixth overall in the field. Dominates the par threes. He's third overall in the field. So there's reasons for his popularity. I'm potentially going to make him a core play, and I don't normally do that with chalk plays like this. But I don't think he's going to be as popular as someone like Patrick Reed. I don't think he's going to be as popular as someone like Gary Woodland, potentially. I don't know if he's going to be as popular as Doc Redmond, like who's going to get a lot of ownership this week. So we'll see where Neiman ends up. Of course, Coke Rackets, Sungjae Im. Of those two, I, I like Sungjae here because I think he's going to get kind of ignored from most of these guys in this 9K range. And it's not like he's been playing bad. Right, he he finished 35th at the U.S. Open, 35th at Palmetto, um, has two made cuts here, no top tens, and you kind of need that here with this $9,300 price tag. But he's been playing better, and so we're looking at that upside. The overall stat rank got him at 39th, 18th in the aggregate model, 15th in the confidence model. Vegas has him in the top 10. When you look at like easy tournaments, he ranks sixth in the field. Projections for this weekend: Sung Jae's all the way up to top 10. So. Sung JM, another potential core play for me this week. We'll see how this 9K range shakes out and ownership kind of gets closer to, to Tuesday night before those core four plays come out. So looking at the 8K range, okay, and this is where you got Jason Day, Charlie Offen, Fowler, Woodland, Kisner, uh, Garrick, Grio, Cameron, uh, Cameron Trigale, Phil Mickelson, Siwoo Kim. That's the 8K range. Right now, looking at Gary Woodland being one of the top plays. Charlie Hoffman being one of the top plays. So, again, ownership kind of shaking out early. Difficult to say where it's going to tailor itself. But here's what I want to point out about some of these guys in this 8K range. So, historically, we want guys who are consistent on these easy courses. But someone like Charlie Hoffman has been struggling in his last 12 rounds. All right, in my last 12 rounds and in my overall stat model, he ranks 43rd, 71st in the last eight, 56th in the last four. That's concerning. This does not concern putting. This is just overall golf, Vegas, ownership, all that kind of stuff built into one overall stat model. And he's not looking good. Overall, historically, Charlie Hoffman this year, awesome. It's just I'm not sure I want to buy this recent form with Charlie Hoffman. I think I'm going to weigh it a little bit more than I normally do. So another guy who kind of fits that bill in this 8K range, a guy who's had long-term success but is kind of struggling recently, Gary Woodland. Now, it's not as bad or egregious as Charlie Hoffman, but still it is a cause for concern. But as we go through this 8K range, that is kind of the things that we're looking at. We're trying to nitpick Ricky Fowler. If the ownership is double-digit again, no thank you. If it's single-digit, sure, I'll take pieces of him. Right, we we've seen that upside, so it's kind of interesting to see where this ownership shakes out on Ricky Fowler in this 8K range. Everyone else though has been very solid lately. Grio specifically, like he's been playing awesome. Okay, he's been making cuts, he's been hitting putts, he's been, you know, everything like that. But then enter the Memorial and the Travelers, and that gruesome putter and around the green game reared its ugly head. So. He was on a, you know, he was looking solid, and that's what you get with Grio. You're gonna get that volatility. 
two missed cuts probably going to reduce the ownership. It probably will. But if that's the case, I'll take that DraftKings scoring or upside on an easy course with very small greens and a wide open fairway. So we'll see how that all kind of unfolds this week in terms of ownership. But continuing on with this 8K range, Ricky Fowler, let's take a deeper dive at him. In terms of like historical easy tournaments, 12th in the field in terms of my projection model. In my overall stat model, 52nd, 39th in my confidence model. The thing I like to see though, okay, finished here with a 46th and 12th place last year. Are we going to get good Ricky? I don't know. Are we going to get bad Ricky? I don't know. We, we potentially can. Like he, he is just flustered. We don't know what's going on with his swing, with his head and everything of that nature. So it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. Ricky Fowler, though, top 30 in my weekend projections. But Kevin Kisner, Max Homa, Garrick, Higo, Grio, Tringale, Phil, Siwoo, all guys you can build around. They honestly are. Like, everyone's knocking Phil, but he's been making cuts. He's been playing well. He won the PGA Championship. He made the cut at the U.S. Open. Right? He made the cut last week in the Travelers. He's found something. He's found focus. He's found his energy. Could he miss a cut this weekend? Absolutely. Could he put well into the Phil Mickelson, focused one round, unfocused the other, and miss the cut on the number? Because you're going to have to get down to minus four. If you're missing putts, missing on approach at all, you're going to miss this cut. Saw Patrick Reed miss the cut last year. Saw Nate Lashley win the tournament and then miss the cut following year. So don't. There's not a lot of data here to support it, but you can miss cuts. Okay, it is something that can happen. So Kevin Kisner, Max Homa, and Tringale, guys I really like in this range, all fit this course mold. I, in, in my opinion, the only one I worry about is kind of like Kisner. Which one's going to show up? Right? Is it going to be the scoring? Kisner that we'd like to see, the, the one we've seen the last two years at this course, specifically last year when he finished third. That finish is obviously going to raise his ownership. Tringale, another guy, 30th last year, but fifth the year before. Is he going to come possibly roaring out the gates, winning this tournament? Is potential. And, of course, Siwoo Kim, a, a scorer by his own right, missed the cut in 2019, first time playing here, but then 57th last year. At 8K, 57th ain't going to cut it. He's got to bring the lumber be able to play well here this year. So problem with Siwoo Kim, can't drive the ball far. Can't drive the ball far. So we'll see how this 8K range shakes out. Ownership going to play dictate kind of like where I'm going to go this weekend in terms of ownership. You, you look at like Grio, he's at 18%. You look at someone like Keegan Bradley, he's at, you know, double digit ownership. So we'll see where we go from there. Down to the 7K range, and again, this is where your bread and butter are going to be made. I'm not going to go over everybody. I'm not. I, I, I just There's so many guys in this range to go over, and I just don't see the point. But I am going to go over a few guys who I think are going to have some popularity a little bit later in our next segment. But right now, guys, I like. So looking at this top part of it, Doc Redman. Love Doc this weekend, but so does everybody else. Sepp Straka. Oh, I hate loving Sepp Straka this week, but I do. Maverick McNeely. 
Love seeing him. He's going to be single-digit ownership. Chezzy. Kramer Hickok. Again, I'm going to go back. I know he just came off the the eight-hole playoff. So what? He's going to have momentum. Kyle Stanley. Adam Hadwin. Lanto Griffin. Other guys are going to have popularity. uh, Luke List. Russell Knox. These are guys I played last weekend. Bryce Garnett. uh, Brian Stewart. Joel Dahman. Yeah, the Joel Dahman. I'm going to go back to him this weekend. And this 7K range, you know, you could go pretty much any way you want. You want to go EVR? Go ahead. You want to go Sebastian Munoz? Go ahead. Like, these are guys, like, this 7K range is loaded with all these guys that we'd like to play sometimes. Chucky Three Sticks is here. KH Lee, Mr. First Round Leader himself. When are people going to start playing him? Right? He looks solid on, on TPC courses. How's he going to play on this easy course? Made the cut last year, 45th place, missed the cut the year before. Right? Tom Lewis, I didn't mention him before, finished 12th here in 2020. Danny Willett, Ryan Armour, and Adam Hadwin tied for fourth last year. All right, all these guys are in the 7K range. So it's going to be interesting how this all shakes out, right? Because you're going to have to leverage ownership against itself, potentially, of any chalk plays, which I really don't think there are any in this 7K range as of right now. There, there's just not someone where you're going to say, okay, I'm not going to play them because they're they're chalk. But there could be certain stats or categories that you're going to fade. Looking at the power rankings of the 7K range, Doc, Doc Redmond's number one, Lanto, HV3. Then you got Straka, Cam Davis, Lucas Glover. And Lucas Glover was sixth. You got three-way tie with six with Glover, Kirk, and Dahman. And then into eighth, Maverick McNeely. And then... Ninth place, you got Kyle Stanley, who I liked last week. And of course, Alex Noren. Alex Noren's going under the, under, like, I think he's going to go not really well, like, popular. So, Noren is a play. Of course, Knox, Perez, Chucky Three Sticks, Luke List, Kids, those guys are running out that top 15. So, we'll see what happens here. If you look at the confidence model, though, for this 7K range, all right, 17th, Doc Redman. HV3 is 13th. Stanley is 20th. Chez, 29th. Lanto, 19th. Luke List, 26th. Russell Knox, 31st. You could build your lineup and just live here and potentially win this week. Gim, the Gim Reaper, 27th. Joel Dahman, 23rd. All right, so... That'll round out that 7K range. I I think there's a lot of viable options here. But the next question is, who am I not going to play this weekend? No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. This is the Cutline Signature Segment, Can't Do It, Won't Do It, the double-digit ownership plays that we can not play this weekend. Can't do it, won't do it. So, first guy I'm going to mention who has potential double-digit ownership is Lucas Glover. Yeah, long-term-wise, gonna pop. He is. He's going to pop long-term. 
he he fits that mold. He looks good long term. I get it. But the fact is, in this tier, Lucas Glover has been struggling recently. Struggling bad. And you're going to tell me that he's going to be double-digit ownership? Fine. You guys can all put, play this guy who's already a bad cut putter. He missed the cut at the Palmetto, which is a joke. That course was a joke. A tournament was a joke, and he missed the cut there. 37th at the Memorial. 8th place at the Schwab, another joke, of course, but then the Wells Fargo missed the cut. So with all these courses in play, only one top 10 finish in the last one, two, three, four, five, six tournaments he's played in. Again, double-digit ownership, Lucas Glover. I normally put him as a core play in some of my lineups. Not this week, buddy. You are a can't-do-it, can't-own-you. All right, next guy I'm going to mention here. Hank Lebiota is getting so much love at $7,000. Why? Why are you going to play him when you can play Doug Gim, Joel Dahman? You can go to KH Lee if you want to ride that train. Russell Knox, Cam Davis, Mark Hubbard, Sebastian Munoz. There are so many guys with the same upside or higher in this same pricing range than Hank Lebiota. And I get it. He's popping. He's playing well. He looks good. He's one of he's he's a salary saver by all means. Fifth at the Travelers, obviously everyone's gonna remember that. 31st at Palmetto, 17th at Byron Nelson, joke. 51st at Wells Fargo, 13th at the Valspar. Hasn't missed a cut since the Valero. So that's back in early April. And that was three straight missed cuts that he made before the 39th of AT&T Pro-Am in, in February. So he's playing better golf, don't get me wrong. But at that price, chalkiness, I'll go somewhere else. I'll look for upside somewhere else. And I'm just not going to buy into it. No, thank you. Can't do it. Won't do it. All right, continuing on with double-digit ownership. Troy Merritt, 7,100. Kind of fits that same bill as Hank Lebiota. I don't want to play a guy that is just, he's not playing well, right? I get it. You have the course history here, the course history here of an eighth place last year after following a missed cut. So, fine. $7,100. You want to play a roulette with this guy, Russian roulette, and hope he, he nails the top 10 finish? I'll go elsewhere. Of course, if you're going to have double-digit ownership. So looking again at this 7K range, any specific double-digit ownerships, Matt Wolf, obviously in that top tier, he end up, could end up being a can't-do-it. Um, Chris Kirk, another guy who could end up being double-digit can't-do-it. But Satoshi Kodaira, questioning if he's someone I'm going to want to play this weekend. We'll see. He's not on the can't-do-it list. Did miss the cut in 2019, so probably should see a bounce-back spot. Playing better recently, especially off the fairway and in approach and in scoring. If he's still hot, roster him up. If he's not, no thank you. But that about do it for the can't do it, won't do it. We are going to go now and break down the 6K monsters and guarantees, the 6K boys that we expect to finish 25 or better. Let's go. Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut. Miscut. 
Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> A monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. So this is the MG Monsters are Guarantee, where we look at the 6K range for the guys that we expect to finish in the top 25 or better and have that top 25 potential, these 6K players. And that $6,800 range is interesting with Naismith, Davis Thompson, Norlander, and Scott Piercy. All four of those guys are piquing my interest. They're all playing very well, very good right now. Scott Piercy specifically is on fire He's been playing so well recently, and the nice thing is, is that like he missed the Travelers cut because of his putter. He missed the Byron Nelson cut because of his putter. At Palmetto, gained strokes putting, finished in the top 20. At the Wells Fargo, dominated around the green, still lost putting, but finished 11th. So if the putter's on, he's most definitely in play. If the putter's off, Scott Piercy will play you another weekend. Long story short, he's most definitely a viable option. Henrik Norlander, okay, terrible on POA. Don't get me wrong, but this course is so easy. But he's coming off two straight made cuts, 61st at the Travelers, 25th at the Palmetto. Did miss the cut at the Memorial, but had a 50th place at the Charles Schwab. So we are seeing some consistent golf from him, abite the fact that you know he's losing streaks, strokes putting and strokes around the green. But again, if he's dialed in on approach, really won't matter that much. We're not looking at a lot of around the green game or anything of that nature to kind of affect these golfers. So that like those guys in that 6,800 range, I think they're all viable options. The the ones I just mentioned, going up to 69, Wierenski, Party Hardy, Marty Laird, you know these guys are options as well. You look at their course history specifically, and with the two times it was here, you have two made cuts, and last year Wierenski finished 21st. So hopefully Martin Laird coming back for a second time will, you know, prove some upside. Up in that $6,900, Nate Lashley. He missed the cut last year after winning the year before. So do you want to go back there? I certainly do. Cam Champ, two straight made cuts, right? A 12th place and a 46th. Adam Shank, same thing, 30th and 42nd. So you've got someone like, you know, J.B. Holmes, 21st in 2019, but missed the cut last year or didn't play last year. JJ Spawn, 30th and 13th. So there's a lot of scoring to be had. What's the point? Why are we talking about this? Like, like 6,200 Chris Ventura, 21st last year. 29th in 2019, Jonas Blixt. Why are we talking about these guys? Are they cracking and breaking any models? Not really. They're not. But what it's pointing out is the fact that these guys have the opportunity to win here because of its ease, how easy the course is. So the 6K range is most definitely in play. Guys that fit the model in my 6K range, my overall stat model, Danny Lee for sure, top 25. Bramlett, top 25, 23rd and 25th respectively. Okay, Continuing on, Naismith, top 30. So it's interesting to say to say that we go down to Cameron Percy at sixty three hundred. It's Cameron Percy sixty three hundred dollars. Think of that, sixty three hundred dollars. In my overall stat model, top thirty five, aggregate model twenty seventh, twenty seventh. 
for a guy who's $6,300. If you really, really, really want to play those guys in that top tier, it makes sense, right? It makes sense to go that, that route. So looking at Percy specifically, he's playing very good golf in terms of like strokes gain T to green. 54th at the Travelers, lost strokes putting. Missed the cut at the Schwab, the reason, lost strokes putting, nearly four. 70 at the Byron Nelson, the reason, lost four strokes putting. Missed three straight cuts, why? Putting, okay? So, I mean, you put the, you, like, you look at the last 130 rounds of, you know, Cameron Percy's career, where he loses strokes is around the green and with the short sticks. So, hopefully he turns it around. I think he can be. He's a viable option and, and, Someone I'm going to look at this weekend as, a, as someone I'm going to play. So remember, they're smaller greens. They're going to play faster, but we're looking at approach shots, approach scores. I think Cameron Percy fits that bill in this lower tier range. So Bronson Burgoon, another guy who kind of fits that mold. Guy we don't we don't necessarily trust with the putter recently specifically. But that can always turn around. But I will take his approach game historically. But again, that's been off as well. So we'll we'll see what unshakes with this six six thousand range. Roger Sloan in play. JB Holmes, Shank, Will Gordon all in play. Tom Hogue, Danny Lee, Bramlett we mentioned, Cam Champ, Nate Lashley, Scott Piercy, Norlander, Wrensky, Laird. These are all guys I like in this six K range. Highly unlikely I go below Cameron Percy down in the 62, 6100 range, but you never know. You never know how we're going to build come Wednesday night, but it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a good one. Let's take it home. Let's go. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the DraftKings preview of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Want to thank, uh, thank, thank, thank Fanshare Sports for all they contribute to this show. Thank PGA Tour. But I specifically, especially want to thank you, the listener. Without you, it just wouldn't be worth it. And join us next week as we break down one of my favorites, the John Deere Classic at TPC Deer Run. Another TPC course. Dial up your KH Lee. All right. Let's get some green. Out of here. Peace. <laughs>